Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Each year when we come to this reading, I always have a little problem that these are two, the first reading and the second reading are so loaded with spiritual verities. You cannot just exhaust them. Each should be given a very you know, special attention. A little bit from the first reading, the journey of uh, Saul to Damascus to go and persecute those who are of the way. You see, they call them the people of the way. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm the life. Eh? I'm the truth. I, I'm, I say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So the people of the way are the people of truth. The people of the way are the people of the life of God. They took up that as a spirituality. And so Saul went after them, going from house to house to arrest them. On this day, he picked permission, official document, to go to Damascus and arrest Christians. And on his way, he encountered the Lord. And the Lord appeared to him like a bright, shining light. When he was given the testimony of his encounter, you know, the actual apostle, he said, I saw a light brighter than the sun. <laughs> Have you seen such a light before? If you see Jesus, your bones will dry up. If you see Jesus, if he fully manifests himself to you, I say your bones will dry up out of awesomeness. He covers himself so he can't see the fullness of his glory. Yes. But he showed himself to Saul. The man who is bold and strong. Catching sight of his light brighter than the sun. His eyes could not take it. His eyes immediately got burnt and scales covered his retina. He could not see again. And a voice spoke out. Shahol, Shahol, Shahol. That is Saul, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Point number one. Was Saul fighting Jesus personally? Who was he fighting? The church. The body of Christ. Whoever touches you is touching Jesus. The Bible says we are members of his body, members of his flesh, members of his bones. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. There are only two Bibles that represent it. This one, I just said it. Is the Revastra version. And the Dewey Rim Bible. The Dewey Rim Bible is the first Bible that was translated from the Latin Vulgate. And the Latin Vulgate is the original Bible of the Catholic Church. It's from there they now have the Dewey Rim Bible and then the King James Version and all that. Others will say you are members of the body. But these two Bibles says you are members of his body, members of his flesh, members of his bones. Why do you persecute me? Hmm. Having seen that type of light and that type of voice giving you an authoritative questioning, he knew that he had been called to panel. Amen? Amen. The king of kings asked him a simple question. Why do you persecute me? 
immediately. Nobody told him that he was talking to a majestic God. He said, who are you, Lord? Oh, he has begun to even profess the Lordship of the Lord. Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecute. Hey. Mm. The one that has the authority in heaven and on earth. You don't understand the profile of the person we are dealing with. All authority in heaven and on earth are in his hands. The keys of death, the keys of Hades are in his hands. Is it because he has not manifested? We you know, people take him for granted? You say, go to the streets, call straight. A man will meet you there. I can't deal with you any longer. I will send my, my body to come and handle you. There were men in Damascus who have been prayer warriors. They knew. You don't understand what is persecution. That's why they say if you go to the north, eh? the Christians there, their faith is stronger than those in the south. Because they are every day confronted with this reality. So those in Damascus, they knew that one day this man will come. And so there were people who are called the gatekeepers who take over the government of the city spiritually. And they pray for God's intervention. I'm sure Ananias was one of them. I'm sure he must have prayed and said, God, it's time for this man to be dealt with. It's time for this man to be picked up. Go! A man called Ananias to attend to you. And while Ananias was praying, God showed me a vision of Paul or Saul. He said, go to this man. Go and lay hands on him. Make him know that he has come to you know, the realms of life. And I have told him how I will use him the work of the ministry. But this man has been persecuting the church. The man said, he said, go. Amen. Amen. Who now? Who now? Who among them? This one or this one? Now? Okay, you. They said, check out. He's staying in one house that he has repented. Eh? In the house close to your own. He has rented it. That the hand of God is upon you. You saw it in the vision. And Jesus said, go to that place and lay hands on Shekau. Baba, tell me. <laughs> he will pack. He will, look, he will look for the nest. He will go and look for a house anywhere. What? Shekau? No, no. <laughs> he will run for his life. He will be said. In case he says it, that something will happen. That's the case of this man called Ananias and but he went. He went and said, Saul, God said, I can't see you. Receive back your sight. And then as he laid hand on him, the man was, Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit. It means the man himself was the spirit man. It pays we feel the spirit of God. And immediately Saul like scale fell off his eyes. The guy, after it, see, let me tell you, when you jam God, the first thing he would deal with is all your pride, all your appetite. You will be shut down. For three days, he couldn't eat and drink. How can you see Jesus and hunger for food again? Then from there, immediately, his tongue was transformed. He went and said, Jesus is the Son of God. <laughs> We are on this side. Amen? Amen? We are on this side. Don't trivialize your faith. Be bold and be happy. Be bold and celebrate your life. 
Don't allow all these things around you to keep making you feel as if you are a vegetable. No. Jesus crowns it up in the gospel. They were arguing, how can we eat your flesh? <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. What you are carrying is, all, is not life as far as God is concerned. It's death. What we call the ordinary life is actually death in the eyes of God. For he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus is not going to negotiate. He is talking authoritatively. I will, if you have that eternal life, I will raise you up on the last day. Death cannot have authority over you again. Let our mind be ignited with this reality. Death has no power again. He said, he will eat my flesh and drink my blood. We live forever. Yesterday, I challenged us. I said, reflect over it. What was in the mind of Jesus when he was saying, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will not die? Is it not possible that because we keep thinking death, that's why we die? Is it possible that if you now say, eh, if I eat your flesh with understanding and drink your blood with absolute faith, I will not see death? Dare to believe God. Praise the Lord. Let us dare to believe God. Not just physical death, even spiritual death. And everything that sponsors death, ranging from depression to mental brutality that comes with emotional turbulence, down to sickness, down to all kinds of body deterioration that will now culminate to physical death. He said, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, a new dimension will be ushered into your body and it will be activated. Some people die, their body not decay. What does that tell us? I'm being challenged. I don't know about you. I'm being challenged every day. When I reflect, this in bones inside my bones. I say, Lord, something is coming up. This same flesh and blood, he says, if you eat it and know the worth of what you receive, you will, if you decide, you will not see death. But he said, I've made you gods and sons of the most high. But because you don't know this. You say, you are like men, so you will die like men, men. Psalm 83. This is the bread which comes down from heaven. Not as such as the father ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. My flesh is re-food. My blood is re-drink. Hmm. And Paul, after this whole encounter, one day he came to the disciples who were trivializing this Eucharistic something. They will come and eat and drink and booze. Then before they go and say, hey, 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 bring the bread. This is my body. Oh, yeah, they can eat. This is my blood. They can eat. So they were messing up the whole thing. One day he called them and said, hey, what I received from Revelation, I tell you. On that day, meaning Jesus took him back to that day of, of, of the Last Supper and showed him the misguided dimension. I said, you see, don't you know that when we break the bread, we are getting involved with the very body of Christ? That the cup we drink, we are participating in the very blood of Jesus? Whoever receives this unworthily, knowing on the worth, he said, the person will die, will be sick, and be weak. He understood the power of the body and blood. We are blessed, the people of God. I don't know what you are conceiving in your mind. 
It's time for you to begin to walk in the light of the word of God. Refuse to fear. Refuse to be wicked. Refuse to be ordinary. See yourself from the light, from what God says you are. If you are a partaker of the body and blood, then begin to act like one who has partaken of something that is supernatural. That food will heal every sickness. That food will cure every infirmity. That food will shut down every demonic installation in somebody's life. That food will give you power above darkness. That food will vitalize everything about you, ranging from your career to your family to everything in your aeon, in your world. This is why he gave us this. We have life. Amen? Amen. I said we have life. May that life enter everything we do. And may the works of darkness, the works of the devil, the works of wickedness, the works of pain and sorrow that is living the world, never find rest in our domain in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we bless you for your word. We pray that the Holy Spirit will give us understanding to continue to appreciate deeply the reality of this mystery that we celebrate. And our day-to-day lives will be true witness to the truthfulness of your word through Christ our Lord. Amen.